What would it mean to you if you could sell dozens of copies of your book while you slept and while you were doing other things like writing the next book? If that's a question you want to know more about, tune in for my conversation with Madeline Dale, where we discuss how she uses specially targeted Amazon ads to get sales of her books while she's sleeping and writing the next book. Hey, I'm the Reluctant Book Marketer, and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million-dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing. published my first book in March of 2020, right before the pandemic started, like right before the world went to chaos. And I probably rushed it a little bit, but that first book is always a learning experience for any author. Um, I've changed the cover like a couple of times since then. Um, But it's kind of an overwhelming feeling once you publish it. And then it's like, what do you do? And that's when you have to really start researching and figuring out, like, how are you going to get your book in front of all of these people? Like, how are you, how are they going to find out about you? Because the world's big. We now have this whole, like, social media aspect behind everything. And that's honestly, like, the best way to get your stuff out there. Hey, I hope you can permit me a small intrusion just to let you know that going forward, I do have a Patreon where you can support this show if you think that it is bringing value to your life and the lives of other writers who want to sell millions of copies of their book. I have two subscriber levels, the $5 a month level that takes care of all the odds and ends of producing this podcast, and the $30 level, which is buy a book for a stranger. So eventually, I'll have my book published out there for the world, and if you subscribe at the higher level, you're buying one copy of the physical book for a stranger, including shipping and handling, so that somebody who's never read the book before can get it in their hands. The best way to get your stuff out there, and it can be the best way to feel like you're going insane. <laughs> yes. Because yes. even even if you're savvy about the way you use social media, it is a huge time expense. Oh yeah, very very true. Because it's it like sucks you into this deep black hole, and when you come out from doing all the marketing stuff, you're like super drained and like, what else was I gonna do with my day? I might be leaning too hard into social media right now in some ways because I know that it's effective, but it's literally like one person against the world. And sometimes I'm thinking, are there ways that we can make more use of ourselves? Like, can you, I don't know. Anyways, I'm, I'm honestly, I didn't even plan to mention any of this, but I've just been thinking about how, how, how one person against the world on social media can be really overwhelming, but it is super effective. Tell me what your bullseye for marketing is and how you get your book in front of people that have never met you before. So I guess my marketing secret is I really do the research into everything. Um, I, I spend a lot of time kind of looking at where books are at on the bestsellers list on Amazon. 
there is an option on Goodreads called the Listopia. And I go on there a lot and use it. I utilize that a lot for making ads for marketing. Um, but really, if you get a good cover and you're constantly pushing your stuff out there and trying to promote it, reaching out, making contact with other authors, befriending them, they share your work too. Just kind of like constantly pushing and pushing, it gets your stuff out there. Now it's exhausting, but yeah. rewarding in the long run. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about Listopia because I think a lot of listeners are not familiar with that and how you're using it. Get get into the nitty gritty details of it. I will. So I took a course on Facebook. It was the Amazon ad challenge. It goes for like five days and they introduced me to the Listopia on Goodreads. There's an app. It's like a data skimmer app. What you do is you look for the list that your book fits in the best. So I'm going to use my Black Flames novel, for example. It's a steamy reverse harem fantasy romance, could also fall into the paranormal romance or shifter romance. They have lists specifically for those books. You can go on there, pull it up, hit the data skimmer, and it like collects all the data of the books for you. You can download it in an Excel file, go through, clean it up, remove all the stuff that the... Um, Amazon ad thing doesn't accept, which is like commas and dashes, just stuff like that. Um, but it gives you the information, the books list, the book authors, and using that, you can put that on the ads and focus to selling your book to those people looking for those books. It's, it's, it is time consuming at first, but once you kind of fall into the habit of gathering that data and setting up your ads, it almost becomes like second nature. That sounds really great because you're you're guaranteeing that the people that the, uh, the the book ad is going in front of read your kind of work. You said you took a class on or a course on Facebook that taught you how to do that. Does it work as well for Facebook marketing, or is it really specific to Amazon? It it can definitely be applied to all ads. Okay. So I've been playing around more with um, Facebook ads, which is more of a social media marketing ad and a little bit on other platforms. And it's kind of set up the same. Um, you can't necessarily like copy and paste it in, but getting like those author names and those book titles, you can plug it in on the app, like the uh, Facebook ads manager app, and it'll pull it up and you just hit click add and then it, keep going. It'll suggest similar titles to that too. And you can click and add that and it will market to those people on Facebook that have either talked about it, have liked it, anything related to it where they've had something like that book, or they've talked about that author, that book in general, it's going to show them that. Ad. So you know how it's gotcha. the creepy like ad, like if you talk about something, it shows up in your Facebook feed that can happen with that ad too. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've heard a lot and talked before about retargeting ads on Facebook, which can be pretty good. This feels a little more savvy to me, especially when you're beginning a uh, campaign. There are a lot of first time self-published authors who have tried an Amazon ad and say it's not worth it. So for first time authors running one ad, you're not going to see any change at all, any gains or anything. What you want to do is go in and set up a bunch of different ads. You can target the same list, but make sure you have different hooks or switch the hooks around different lists, kind of like that. That list hopefully is really going to come in handy. And I like to keep a running list of book hooks that are different and short because you don't want to have it too long because Amazon won't let you put 
a certain amount of like words in there, but definitely like kind of low priced multiple ads. I like to define it as like the penny ad collection because it's lower price, but you go in and set your, uh, bid strategy, um, custom and default at like 35 or 37, like a lower number and just make a ton of those. Like one author I talked with, he said he does 10 ads per book per week. And I've been trying to do that myself, but it's, I, it's hard to squeeze that in because I have like seven different books out there right now. Um, but really it's a good idea. You want to add to the number of ads you got created each week to keep the number higher, to get it out to others more to like readers more. And really it's not that expensive because you're such, you've got it, you're bid at such a low price that you're not spending a ton each month. It's actually more expensive to do like Facebook ads versus Amazon ads. Um, just because like they're the way they set up, it's just a tad bit different because it's impressions, I think, or. So when you say 10 ads, are you saying you're making 10 unique ads for black flames? Uh, and then yes, you're able to look at the performance metrics on each of those ads, right? Mm-hmm. It shows it all on the um, advertising dashboard. Perfect. And then are you able to turn off some of those ads when they don't perform as well as others? Oh yeah, you can definitely turn them off. You've also got the option. So you've got one that is getting a crap ton of clicks and sold books already. You can copy that too. They've got a button where you can go in and hit copy and duplicate that and put like rename it to copy of Black Flames. Yeah. Da 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 da. So awesome. I tend to date mine and number like what say if I were to set up a Black Flames one today, I would be like BF six two dash one or dash like 10, however many I do that day. Now, suppose that you are a fairly disorganized person like I tend to be. Uh, what kind of tips do you have for keeping a clear mind about how you're running all of those ads? Because it does sound like it's complex. Is it simply a spreadsheet or is there other tips and tricks you have? I honestly choose to have the ad run for a certain amount of time, um, like an end date. Amazon will try to push you to not set an end date, but having end dates, it kind of pushes them to like put your stuff up there more. Um, and I just kind of, I don't check it every day, not a lie, because I am slightly disorganized when it comes to that, but you can go in and for each, cause I create folders for my campaign. So I have a campaign folder for my face shifter series, a campaign for my, um, breaking traditions book, um, a campaign file for Ember series, which is the Black Flames book I've got behind me. And I set a certain amount to spend each month. And it kind of like helps me keep track of what's spending what it shows you how much you spent on that certain one versus this one. And then I just kind of on a like two or three times a month, I'll look and see how which ones are performing better and which ones aren't. Gotcha. So you're not in there every day, like checking metrics, that would probably drive you crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it would. I mean, I'm not the most number person. I've had to really work to learn the ad stuff and the marketing stuff because like 
nobody tells you when you start writing how difficult marketing is going to be. No. Yeah. The things, so I, I went through my MFA at Eastern Washington University, still love the school, have a lot of pride that I went there. It was expensive. That's one thing um, that, that nobody really talks about very much, but all through the program, nobody ever talked about the process of actually getting published. Nobody said what you had to do. Nobody talked about how important it was to have a platform. Um, some people call it a brand. I hate the term brand, but I would have loved to know that right away. You need to build oh, yeah. your brand. The minute you decide you want to do anything, honestly, just like go all in building that brand because it's exhausting to have to do it when you already have publishable books, you know, and if you're, yeah, so that's, and that was something I had to do after I published like the, my first four books. It was like, Oh, I don't have a brand. I don't have a website. Like now that I've got all these books out, I'm like, maybe I need to start doing that. And then it was like all of this stuff about picking a brand, picking a name, picking a website name and like all this stuff was like, my brain exploded. And yeah. I mean, I, I sat down and like slowly worked through it. But oh my gosh, the headaches. Yes. Yeah. And every time you think that you've gotten uh, comfortable in the waters, then there's there's new sharks to deal with. So, yes, yeah. the market is always changing. And I was actually talking with someone earlier because I set up my first book signing event today. Oh, awesome. Congrats. And I was talking with her about marketing. She's like, yeah, I'm going to put it in the newspaper and put it here and here. And I'm like, okay, well, since you're doing that, go ahead and share with me some more details and I'll put it up on social media. She had no idea how to use TikTok yet, which she is a lot older than me. But I was like, yeah, that's like one of the biggest markets right now is TikTok. So I've got, I made a TikTok as soon as I got out of there and I'm going to probably make more TikToks talking about it, but utilizing what is the biggest thing right now is going to be a game changer um, for how you utilize social media marketing. I was just having a conversation with a fellow podcaster uh, and she was, she was talking about how difficult TikTok is. And I, I reflected back to her. It's, it's so difficult. There are a couple of differences that I've discovered. The, the amount of time it takes to make friends on TikTok is longer than anything else because you have to commit to watching a minimum of a 15 second video. Whereas on Twitter, I can just read a tweet. I can retweet it if I want, or I can comment. It's super fast and you can just move really quickly on Twitter. But that, that video element is a big commitment um, and it's slow going in the beginning. Have you had good success on TikTok? Yes and no. Yeah. Having that back and forth relationship between people that follow me, it's still very minimum um, just because the whole video aspect and like trying to keep up with their things. But a lot of the people that I do chat with on TikTok right now on a regular basis are also on all these social, other social media apps with me. And we actually chat more on all of those platforms versus TikTok. That is a really good point. And it's a good spot to stop and, and I think impress the importance of having crossover with your core readers, your core followers, people who really like what you're doing, capture them on Instagram, capture them on Twitter, capture them on Facebook. I don't think a lot of people use Facebook like they used to. Um, and, and because the more times they see you, the more familiar they are with who you are. So that's a really important piece of this conversation. Now, I want to jump back to the Amazon ads. You get the book sale. Once you have mm -hmm. the book sale, how are you capturing the reader for your next book? Because, I mean, that you did a lot of work to get that reader. How do you make sure they know your next one, next one comes out and that they're going to get it? First off, I want them to like my book and be like, okay, this book is good enough. I want to read what comes next. And at the end of each book, I put information about my newsletter, 
and how to find me on social media. That's the first thing. And I'm not really one to set a certain date for my books are going to be done on this day. You'll find my next one this day because I am life happens and I'm a mom. So it gets a little crazy on my end, but when they sign up for my newsletter, they, it's easier for them to keep up with things that are going on. I mean, I post it on my social media too, but being in contact with me through my newsletter, that is the best way to know when the next thing is coming out. What other kinds of of ways are you getting them through the door? I actually offer a short, a free short story that is published. Whenever they sign up, they get to download that for free. So awesome. And eventually that might change to a different story, but because I'm constantly working on short stories. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the other thing about newsletters too, is that they take a lot of time to produce, especially if you're going to produce quality. I think it's funny because there are I get my inbox is just crowded with stuff. And every once in a while I go on an unsubscribe splurge because I'm, I'm like, this is a lot of noise and I can't possibly read all of it. Um, what I like to read changes over time as well. How much time do you give to the newsletter versus the other elements of your marketing? Is it primary, secondary? Where does it fall for you? It's more of a primary. Um, my newsletter is more of like a personal thing. They kind my readers and followers they get to know more of like my personal life through my newsletters. So it's not just hey buy my book. That's I don't like newsletters like that. Those are the le- newsletters you quickly unsubscribe. But with my newsletter, I'm constantly offering free things from me to my readers. Like um, my newsletter subscribers are always the first one to get a chance to be an ARC reader for new books. Um, they get options to beta read stories I've got coming out. They get the news first. They get to see new covers first. And like, we're always constantly chatting about different things from self-care to parenthood to like memories or just like regular events during the day. Like it's not, it's hardly ever completely book focused. I do throw in, hey, this is where I'm at on writing this. I know you guys are like super excited. Here's a small tidbit of what I've got written so far. It's kind of literally like a personal, like me talking to a friend through my newsletters. And you then end up having a conversation with them. They'll actually email you back and engage with you. I've had several email me back and then several have added me on Facebook or something. And we chat on there too. Um, It's, it's awesome because I love chatting with my readers and like hearing them say, Oh, I love this character or I love this thing. And heck yeah, send me the next book. I'll read that and review it and post it everywhere for you. Like that's, those are the kind of people you want to have relationships with as an author. And it's not just a like one-sided thing. Like I I take suggestions for reading books from them too, because of course I'm an avid reader as well. So yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so undervalued, I think, in a lot of of newer authors process to really appreciate what you've already got, because the people Mm -hmm. that you already have, like you're talking about the ones who love your books, who are interacting with you, if you neglect them, you might kind of distance them and they might not keep buying your books after a while. It is so difficult to get that that reader keep them and engage with them. And don't worry so, so much about getting the next reader that will take care of itself. If you get people excited about your book and keep them excited, they will be word of mouth and word of mouth is the best marketing you can possibly get, but it's also the hardest. And I also, yeah, it is. And I also don't like to be like, I know, and I don't want this defensive, but I don't like to be fake with my readers. Like I want them to see who I am authentically, like the real me. 
Um, and I make sure that that is there with anything I do that I put on social media or TikTok or anything I chat with them. Like, I'm like, Hey, this is a real me. These are my thoughts. This is what it is. Like you're a writer first and foremost, how do you decide when to close the door on marketing, close the door on TikTok, Twitter, everything else, and sit down and write and be focused? Oh, it's hard. I actually, I've been, I struggle with that a lot. Um, and I do try to use an app to schedule a lot of posts to help organize that time better, but you still have to be able to respond. So what I do when I am going to sit down and write is I will put my phone on silent, which it's on right now, and set it off to the side and not mess with it. Now, if I get a phone call, it'll notify me on the watch. And if it's important, I'll answer it. If it's a telemarketer, they can go to my voicemail. But I just kind of like completely eliminate all distractions when I try to write. So it's funny that I'm almost the opposite. Just uh, mentally, if I see an unknown number, for, it's like something in me is like a better answer. It could be great. It could be good news. <laughs> but if I see like family or friends, I'm like, I'll call them back. <laughs> <laughs> and see, my thing is too, I'm like, if it's something important that's not like family related, they'll leave a yeah, voicemail. Exactly. But I will say like, because some telemarketers are sneaky, I have the phone numbers for like my son's school and stuff saved. Yes. So like if it's not them, I'm like, nope, they can call me back. Yeah, absolutely. If it's important, they'll leave a voicemail. It's telemarketer. See ya. What point uh, in the process did you start to see your backlist of books really make an impact on the financial situation for you? I mean, and one book most authors have to, to expect you're not really going to see any financial rewards. When do you think it happened for you? I am just, I think just now, honestly, getting to the point where they're starting to make more of an income. Um, and that's been through cover changes and changing how I market myself because I've really, since I published the book behind me, Black Flames, I've really been pushing everything. Um, and I'm pushing a box set now for the Face Shifter series, which is was my first like series that I put out. So sales are kind of like surging again there, but it's like, you have to stop and think like, I can sit here and spend all this time writing what I wanna write, but if you don't do anything to push that out there, it's not going to get out there. It's not going to be sold. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the differences between self-publishing and traditional publishing is you can sell a book a lot longer afterward and uh, it can catch life um, months, years down the road. So if you don't give up on the book, the book will just stay alive for you for the most part. And you can, you can relaunch books uh, at your whim. So oh, yeah. there are all kinds of cool things that you can do with a back list of books. Um, I want to make sure that everybody gets an opportunity to find you on all of your social media channels, your website and everything. So give me the details. And of course, I will drop all of this in the show notes. Awesome. So yeah, I have a website. Everything for me is linked to this website. It is thechaptergoddess.com. Um, you can also go to um, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E dash Madeline Dale for my link tree stuff. And it has links to all of my stuff, Perfect. including my Vela stories, my short stories, my website, all of my media, YouTube, which I do have a YouTube channel where I interview other authors awesome. and I host a show on Tuesday nights called Talking Indie Mayhem, which follows a creative indie game show called Indie Mayhem, where we have all kinds of different creatives come on and like 
play against each other. It's hilarious. Awesome. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll be definitely checking it out. Like I said, I'll have links to everything in the show notes. Um, and, and since you mentioned Linktree, I know that a lot of people use it. Is it $3 a month now? I think. Um, mine's free. Oh, so. nice. Okay. But I have just the basic plan. Gotcha. Well, there you go. <laughs> but it's got all of my stuff on there. It's not super fancy. It's just got here's yeah. button for this, 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 and this. So. I really like I like what Linktree does. Um, I'm always yeah. conflicted, for example, with my podcast is I personally listen on Spotify, um, but I know that a lot of people like Apple Podcasts. And if I'm gonna share a link, I gotta share the right one because if they have to go any more work than pushing, you know, play. Yeah. They're going to walk away. That's an interesting thing about customers too. Well, it was very good talking. I will, I will check out your YouTube channel here very shortly. And uh, I appreciate you hanging in as we had a terrible recording process. I've never had that happen before. So you got to be the first to have internet problems on my podcast. It happens. Technology is wonky. So already it was great talking and uh, we'll, we'll chat again soon. I'm sure. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now. Click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter, and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.